And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, is my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? 27 days till opening wow. night. Unreal. Unreal. And we, we get to see preseason basketball in like a week and a half. Is that right? I don't know. I think it's like October 3rd <laughs> or something like that. October 4th. I can't remember what day. Preseason? Uh, is that soon? Is media bro, day next Monday? Media day is in like five days. Wow. Yeah. Pretty wow. wild stuff. Uh, it's exciting. I, to be honest, I contemplated not doing any shows this week because I need a break. But here I am, anyways. Noise, noise. Doing so, it for the doing it for the down to dunkers. Doing it for you, dunkers. That's who I'm doing it for. Uh, there's actually some some stuff to talk about. Uh, number one, Ben Simmons is never playing another game for that team ever again. Al, never. That is ever. Uh, as what Woj said yesterday, ESPN sources, Ben Simmons will not report for opening of training camp next week and intends to never play another game for the franchise. Simmons hasn't spoken to team since a late August meeting when he communicated this message to Sixers officials. Woj went on to say, Simmons is clearly aware of sanctions available to organization to fine and suspend him, including withholding of salary. But so far, Simmons appears willing to carry out a plan of forcing his way to a new team. Sixers yeah. have yet to find a trade they're willing to make for him. If, if I mean, it felt like it was going this way. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think the big question was, is Simmons really going to be willing to forego salary? But here's the interesting part. And this is what I did not know and what Mark Stein brought up in his Substack, mm-hmm. which is that because of the way his contract is structured, Simmons was scheduled to receive half of his $33 million salary this season in separate 25% installments on August 1st, and again next weekend on October 1st. So those are guaranteed. It's clutch, baby. Can, That's a clutch they, thing. It's very smart because that means that they can't really find him. Like, he's already made half of his money, essentially. Yeah. And they're, they're not going to be able to find him until training camp, which is after yeah. October 1st. So he already yeah. is going to have half of his money. Pretty brilliant. LeBron did has, has this same thing, and... It's probably for reasons like this, for player empowerment reasons. Yeah. Because I was thinking like, you know, the Sixers should re- really play this out. Like, just just not pay him. Which actually, that's still my opinion, but I'm realizing it's not really going to hurt Ben Simmons for a while. Yeah. But my, my thought is this. Like, we, we all have heard the deals that are out there. Mark Stein yeah. says that Toronto, Minnesota, Cleveland, San Antonio, Sacramento have all engaged with Philadelphia in trade talks. Yep. Everyone seems to agree that there is not a trade out there currently that makes the Sixers better. Most people agree there's not a trade out there that makes the Sixers the same. 
Mm-hmm. Like, like they would take a downgrade in terms of their championship hopes next season, regardless of whatever trade they make that's currently available. Sure. So then why trade them? Because the Sixers are a playoff team without Ben Simmons. In the East, they are. Probably. Start Tyrese yeah. Maxey. If, if Embiid is healthy. Yeah, if Embiid is healthy, that is still a playoff team. And frankly, if Embiid's not healthy and you just have Ben Simmons and whoever, like, I don't know if that's a playoff team. Like, Embiid is that important. I mean, they might be like, they, they could potentially be a play-in team. Who knows? Yeah. But my point is like, the, the future of this season, because everyone's talking about like, you can't waste a season of Embiid. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it matters that they trade for someone right now because they're going to make the playoffs regardless. So they have, they have zero leverage right now against any of these teams. So why not just yeah. wait until their people get hurt or they suck, which is actually the more likely outcome, like Minnesota, Cleveland, San Antonio, Sacramento. Like those teams are going to come out of the gate, be terrible yeah. again. Sacramento is going to be facing 16 years of missed playoffs yep. with De'Aaron Fox, their star that they refuse to trade. And then maybe they'll rethink it. Like I just don't think Maury should rush into anything right now, even with this news. Yeah, I don't think he will. I mean, Maury's not going to make a bad deal. He just won't. He won't make a bad deal. He'll let things get ugly. Things got ugly in Houston, you know, before yeah. they got any better, you know, and then they got the deal they wanted and made the deal. So it's probably going to be the same where you're right. Like Sacramento is sick. They're like six and 12 out the gate. And it's like, okay, what are we doing? <laughs> Like, where are we going here? <laughs> right. We have to at least try something. Where at least, like, maybe you don't deal Fox, but maybe that's where you're like, okay, Hal Burton and Buddy Heald. Yeah. yeah. For Which is a fair deal. And yeah. if, if, doesn't, if it doesn't make the Sixers better, I feel like it makes them equal to what they were last year. It makes them different. With, with some upside with Hal Burton. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm fairly confident that the Sixers love Buddy Heald. Too, yeah, and that kind of—I mean, that—that that kind of deal makes sense to me. You add a one of the highest volume three-point guys in the league, and then you have a guy that can create in Halliburton and can shoot it. It's great. I mean, that's it's great. That's probably as close to the best you can do. I don't know that I would. I don't know. If there's any Minnesota deal that I would accept. <laughs> to be honest, no. I, I mean. Like, realistic, the best they can do is D'Lo, Malik Beasley, uh, like, one of their young, I guess, Jade McDaniels, and then Picks. Yeah. Yeah, that's gross. That, like, the the ceiling of that trade feels like you're as good as you were. But, like, the floor feels a lot lower with that trade. Yeah, your defense suffers there. Yeah. And And then the other thing that happened was Joe Lacob... Very talkative. <laughs> God, he decides he just to, won't shut up. <laughs> he decides to have an interview yesterday, talking about Ben Simmons, and said, "In some ways, it doesn't really fit what we're doing. He makes a lot of money, and can he finish games? I don't know." And he, he, that was just one of the quotes. <laughs> but he basically said, "Like, there's a lot of overlap, or there's a lot of redundancy with Draymond." It based on what he said, it seems like they have no interest. Now that could be a ploy, you know, a negotiating tactic. To act yeah. like we don't really need him, but it's interesting because obviously Ben Simmons said he wanted to go to one of the three California teams. We all assumed he's leaving out the Sacramento Kings, so that checks off the Warriors. 
the Clippers, no. Like, there's nothing there. There's nothing left. There, there are some possible Clippers scenarios. What would it be? Is it like Ibaka? Ibaka has to be involved. And hold on. Let me pull it up. Because I saw an article that said, oh, does does this recent shift in the Ben Simmons narrative mean that there's an opening for one of the L.A. teams? And I refuse to click on it. <laughs> I mean, it would have to be. It would be t- it, you could make the money work, but do the uh-huh. players work is the th- is the question. No. And like, would it be like Canard and Abaca? Canard and Abaca, and then you probably throw in like nasty Terrence Keon Mann. Have to, and you have to give Terrence Mann Keon and Terrence Mann. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely Ugh. you would. It's gross. You could make it, you could figure out a way for it to work, but it's just, it's like, why in the world would the Sixers do that? If they had a bad GM that was just like panic button. Yeah. Then like maybe, but Maury's not that. Maury's not going to do that. Maury wants at least the King, like the King's deal has made the most sense the whole time, whether it's Fox or Halliburton or whoever it is. I think it makes sense for both teams. Like it's, it's the, to me, it's the only team that makes sense for both for the Sixers and for the Kings because the Kings need some kind of shakeup. Like they can't just keep running this back. <laughs> they just can't keep doing it. Cause I, I mean, I don't, th- I don't think they're going to sniff the play in this year. So what are we doing here? It's been 16, it'd be 16 years, but if you what could about have, this? what about this? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. This one will blow your mind. We talked about one LA team. What about the other LA team? What about they wait, trade Russ, for Ben Simmons. <laughs> Daryl Morey gets his guy back. <laughs> gets his guy back. <laughs> that he trades trades for Embiid so. because the Russ, because <laughs> they can't have a center. Yeah. Bring in PJ Tucker. Okay. And run it back. Honestly, though, like Russ on the Sixers would be a little fun. Just a little. He would definitely shoot. He wouldn't be scared would to shoot. shoot. He would shoot. That would be a really sad way to end the process. I don't know. I think it'd be pretty fun. <laughs> uh, oh, but, man. But yeah, that, that whole thing seems screwy, and I don't really see what the... Uh, it doesn't seem like there's an impending trade at all. Seems like this yeah. is going to last a while. I'm very interested to see what they say on Monday, because no one from the organization has had to talk about this publicly yet. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going, obviously, to... I mean, every single player on the team. Poor Shake Milton is probably going to get asked about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, Did yeah. you listen to the most recent rights to Ricky Sanchez? I've listened to lots of them. I don't know if I've listened to the most recent one. I think I may have listened to some of it. It was titled, like, Mike Has Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. And yeah. Mike, Mike laid out, like, the, the most sad, like, best-case scenario for the team... And, and just trying to pretend like these things are likely or have a chance to happen. And the first one was that Tyrese Maxey turns into uh, Mike Conley this year. Oh, I did listen to this. Yes. Where <laughs> he like went through all these scenarios where it's like Tobias Harris shoots threes, like shoots more corner threes. This happens. This happens. This happens. And Spike is like. None of that's going to happen. No, what Spike, are you talking Spike about? went straight to an ad read. <laughs> and yeah, Mike was like, you're not even going to respond to me? He was like, I, dude, I don't yeah. know what to say to that. 
<laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> it was really, oh, really funny. sad. It's it's like reminiscent of like Terrence Ferguson averages 15 points per game, shooting yeah, 43% exactly. from three, you know, where you're just like, okay, like, sure. But Russ no. plays off ball a little. Yeah, Russ, <laughs> Russ starts showing us that he's a really good at cutting. He's going to be a screen setter for Paul George. You know, it's like, no, no, none of that happens. It, it's fun, though, because it, it's true that like each individual thing, other than the maxi turning into Mike Conley, does sound feasible in your brain. You're like, why couldn't that happen? Like, why couldn't yeah, Steven Adams shoot one three a game? What? Yeah. I mean, come on. That's just one three a game. That's totally yeah. realistic. Or how about four and, threes again? One per quarter. Could he not do one per quarter? <laughs> Could we not do that? And then none and of it, them happen. It was funny because one of his responses to Spike was like, if I could just talk to them and just tell like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like, bro, you don't think people are talking to those guys about it? <laughs> Give me a break. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, okay, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about uh, Sports Illustrated's top 100 and are there any Thunder players there? We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And we're back from that quick break. And now we're talking SI's top 100 players. This is a ranking of players. This isn't tiers. This is an actual ranking of players. And there's one player so far in the top 100. And I think he will be the only (laughs) player in the top 100 unless there's some big surprise coming. There might be. Lou Dort, Uh, number 10. Lou Dort, (laughs) 10th. Uh, So Shea ranked 30th in the NBA. Yes, uh, and I it's it's important to mention that this ranking is not like a uh, like Bill Simmons old trade rankings, you know, trade value yeah. rankings. This yeah, is yeah. supposed to, and it's not even like a future ranking, really. It's just a ranking for this upcoming season. Yes, which is important to keep in mind. Yeah. So I think things that kept Shea from being higher on this list, I think games played last year. Uh, was definitely a, a part of that and probably the biggest piece of that, honestly. Because you look at some of the players that are above him, like the guys that are next, like Zach Levine, Drew Holiday. Like, I have no qualms about that. Sure. Uh, Jalen Jalen Brown, 27th. That's where I I'm like. see the argument for this year. Okay. Fine. Yeah, I could see it this year. Chris Middleton, sure. Sure. John Morant's the one that I get to, and I'm like, okay, interesting. He's 25th. And probably it's games played and the fact that he's led the Grizzlies to the playoffs. Yeah. Know, his first two seasons. 
And like, you can't overlook that. I mean, he's just winning. If I were to like stack up the skill sets next to one another, I would probably say I'd rather have Shea just because of the, the shooting efficiency. Um, but again, games played, making the playoffs, like those things matter. Like those are the things you want to do in the NBA. And Jaw's already proven that he can be that guy. Uh, and then everybody else, like Donovan Mitchell has been a spectacular and like a really great playoff player. Carl Anthony Towns, I think is fair to have him there. What do you think about Bam above Towns? Honestly, I would put Towns lower. Like I, I think Towns is really good. Um, but it, like we, we've seen like nothing in yeah. terms of outside of the one Jimmy Butler year. And so, you know, for one season, like I'd probably rather have someone like, uh, you know, Zach Levine over, over yeah. Carl Anthony Towns. Now, if you're talking like for the next five years, like, yeah, I believe in Towns long term, but like I need mm-hmm. to see it. I need to see Towns on a team where he's the leader and he is the leader on this team and they're winning. And, uh, you know, obviously he had a horrible year last year off the court. And so, you know, hopefully this will be a fresh start this year. Maybe they'll have Ben Simmons on their team. Who knows? Yeah. And maybe they can start making that push to, I I, I mean, in their mind, probably just getting to the play in games would be a huge success. Um, Oh, so I, yeah, huge. So I, I I get it to have bam, even, even though bam was terrible in the playoffs as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, once you get past there, it's hard to argue with too many of these guys. Because yeah. once you, especially once you get to like 21, now you're in like the Gobert, Zion, Kyrie, Chris Paul, Trey Young. Like, okay, I, yeah. I understand why Shea's not in that conversation. And honestly, if this was in tears, I, we'd, it'd probably feel a lot better because there'd yeah. probably be a tear break after either Gobert or Bam. Probably after Gobert. Yeah. And so from like Bam to Shea, I feel like that would be a tier. And anyone sure. in there is kind of interchangeable depending on how you feel about them. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. And there's room for Shea to climb still. I feel like if he can play the whole season and shoots with the efficiency and ups his scoring and um, maybe shoots a little bit better from the free throw line, then I think that you could safely like put him in that like Donovan Mitchell, John Morant range. You yeah. Know? I think that I wouldn't be surprised by that. And yeah, I'm, this is a huge year for Towns. And I, th- you know, I think the fact that he had COVID, his, he had family members that passed away from COVID. It's got, I mean, I, I think he's finally going to be back focused on the court. And yeah, I, th- I think that giving him a chance. And I mean, this is like very much like the benefit of the doubt for Towns at 23. Uh, because, yeah, he hasn't shown much on the defensive end where this is where he was supposed to be really impactful, and he hasn't been there. And the Timberwolves just need to win. And I think having their guys healthy, everybody's ready to roll, and perhaps you get Ben, maybe you don't. Even if they don't, like, they need to be in the play-in. Like, that's that's where they should be. Talent-wise, with what they have on their squad, I mean, you have two guys that were picked number one overall. And Towns is in the part of his career where he should be pulling his team to that. And so like now it's like put up or shut up for me with the Timberwolves. They have a coach they like in place. They, there's really no more excuses. 
in Minnesota, in my opinion. Now, the, the SI Top 100 came out. We're still waiting on ESPN to give their ranking of Shea. Though I will say that the ESPN ranking, just in general, I think is a lot dumber um, <laughs> in their choices. Um, exhibit A for me was Lowry yeah. Markinen being number 82 after not being ranked last year. So, so uh, apparently he did something last year that got them really excited. He is now 82. I mean, would you take Lowry Markinen over DeJounte Murray, Darius Garland, no, uh, Devontae no. Graham, Miles Bridges, no. Seth Curry, no. Robert no. Covington, Jordan Clarkson, no. Derek Rose, no. Duncan Robinson, no. Mitchell no. Robinson, Jonas Valanciunas? No. Like, no. why is he there? What did he do in the last few no months? Sense. It makes zero sense. <laughs> what a weird ranking. I bet, yeah. I bet we're going to talk about this a little later. I bet there's some agent stuff going on there, Andrew, <laughs> getting him ranked higher. I guess. I guess. What, what, what is this? Does the ESPN ranking impact? What is it? What would it impact that would help an agent? Uh, we're talking about him. Lowry's on the brain. Yeah. People are talking about Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they, they had they had some other goofy ones as well. Um, I mean, Kemba Walker at seventy over a lot of guys. I like OG Ananobi, Tyrese Halliburton. I, I don't. I mean, yeah. I, again, I need to see it. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, the SI guys: Chris Herring, Ronan Nakarni, Nakarni. I don't know how to say his name. Michael Pina, Jeremy Wu. Yeah. Those are, yeah, I, I think they do a better job overall. Yeah. Um, Some underrated just, guys there. Those are good. Yeah. Those, those guys are all good. And it's fun comparing the two to each other because they're wildly yeah. different. <laughs> Especially with like rookies. Like they'll have Anthony Edwards, like ESPN had him in the 50s. That's wild. Like, like 52 or something. And SI has him like much more reasonable to the back of the top 100. Yeah. Yeah, ESPN overall not not as great. Just overall, overall, wow. Period. Just Although <laughs> less less ads, less auto-playing videos, so we'll give them that. True. Yeah. SI they, is they, nearly impossible to navigate right now. But both sites not what they were 5 years ago, 10 years ago. No. And now so. you get to pay for ESPN. So cool. Yeah. Might as well just go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get the athletic for half off if you really want some good sports coverage. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, okay, you want to move on to Ethan's article? Let's move on to Ethan's article. Okay, so Ethan Strauss, he has a Substack now. He wrote an article about OKC. Neither me or Andrew were subscribed, but we felt like we do not get national people <laughs> writing articles about OKC anymore. So this felt like mm-hmm. a pretty big deal for someone to care about us enough to write an article. So me and Andrew plopped down the $9 it took to read yep. this article called OKCIA and the Invisible Edge. Um, and and we, we did this for the Down to Dunkers, you know. We got we got to do it. We got to bring bring this information to the Down to Dunkers. Got and, to. Uh, I would I would say it was worth it. It was a, it was a good story. It was an interesting story. I think it it didn't change how I felt about pressing OKC big picture, mm. but yep. it focused on an aspect of what they do that I just hadn't heard talked about before, which is information gathering. Yeah. We, we've heard a lot of, of different stuff about how OKC is run. We talk about, oh, they have these, you know, they're very open with players, very honest with players. This was more about trying to get information gathering, information gathering as a competitive advantage. Yeah. Which, which was kind using of a your, new angle. Yeah. Using your relationships as a competitive advantage. Right. And relationships you know. that most fans don't hear about or frankly even care about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he gave the example of this guy we'll talk about a little bit later. How do you say his last name? Jason Ranny? Rain? Rain, I think. Rain. Um, and like Royce had tweeted know. about his doings with the OKC Thunder and like no one liked his tweets or retweeted them. He got like one retweet. because <laughs> one retweet. I looked at it and it still does. Yeah, it's very funny. And it turns out like that was actually a very interesting thing. So there was some random anecdotes in here, just like as examples. The the funniest one was probably the fact that back in 2010, Presty interviewed Gordon Hayward's middle school teacher. Yeah, as, I think as it is Ran. I think it is pronounced Ran. Ran. Okay, yeah. Jason Ran. Um, so that was very funny. And, yeah. and honestly, that kind of goes back to, you know, remember, remember in Boomtown, one of the first anecdotes was about Presty walking through the gym and making sure all the basketballs were completely lined up. Yeah, like yeah. it fits, it fits into that narrative where he just, everything oh. has to be perfect. Yeah. Like, so, so there's those kind of things or it doesn't really change your opinion or, or, or your prior beliefs about Presty. But the big mm-hmm. thing was Wasserman. Which Wasserman is a collection of agents who represent a bunch of different players across the league, some of which include Sabonis, Russ, SGA, Lou Dort, Steven Adams, Billy Donovan, Kyle Singler, Shamaz Kristen, and Hamadou Diallo. All of those guys have been represented by Wasserman at one time or another. And what was really interesting was that there's this guy named Jason Rand who was an agent at Wasserman 
and he had gotten really high up within that company. He was hired by OKC in 2013 as their director of strategic planning. And then he left in 2015 to go back to Wasserman. And within a year, he was representing Demonis Sabonis and Sabonis made his way to OKC. And if you remember the buildup in the, in the draft process for Sabonis, he did not work out for any teams. He did not go for the to the draft combine. This same guy, Jason Rand, now represents Poku, yep. who also had a very similar pre-draft process. And so Ethan's not necessarily suggesting that OKC has a plant in one of these um, agencies. He's just yep. bringing up the fact that this is that there are these types of relationships between teams and between agents and other people within the league. And OKC is perhaps like the best example of it. They're well known for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think, honestly, I think a lot of teams have relationships with different agents and how they use agents to get information or to get certain players or how their relationships are. And obviously the Thunder have a very specific uh, relationship with Jason, um, which I don't know. I, I don't. I think it's, this is just kind of how the league works, right? It's like you have relationships, you have to use them in whatever way you can, the Thunder have, to grab whatever competitive advantage they can get. And whether this is like a genuine competitive advantage or if it's just like, you know, he gets they get calls or they talk to, to Jason more than they do other agents. They're like, man, this guy's really good or whatever it is, you know. It just is what it is. I mean, other players that he represents, some of which, like the Thunder, probably had a chance to get, like Bogdanovich, Clint Capella, Sabonis. The other Evan he Mobley. actually represents. He represents both Bogdanoviches. He does actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rui Hachimura, uh, Gorgie Jang, Sekou Dimboya, who, I mean, I heard earlier this summer he could have been had for a second rounder. You know, perhaps yeah. the Nets would have even wanted a second rounder instead of him. Uh, in that trade, that right. I didn't want to touch that. Uh, Poku, Luka Samanich, uh, Bielitsa, Isak Banga, Jola Yai. Like those are the guys that he reps. And uh, I, I think what was interesting about it is that we all know about the big examples of this, me- meaning Clutch and the Lakers, and then yeah. CAA and the Knicks. Yeah. And it's just interesting for you know a tiny small market to also have their version of this, perhaps, with with another agency. Um, Especially with, like, the coaches involved, so many of those old guys on the Thunder team, like, you know, Russ Steven Adams. I I brought up to Andrew that, like, you know, Sabonis, that was the 2016 draft. And then just a few months later, a second-round pick that was drafted by the Mammy Heat, Samaj Kristen, was all of a sudden signed by the Thunder in what at the time felt like a very strange signing because Ronnie Price, who they had already signed to a two-year guaranteed deal, they had to waive him, lose that money, just give it away so they could bring in Samaj. Well, it turns out Samaj was represented by the exact same guy. I'm not saying that was a favor or anything, but it was just, it's interesting timing to have the Sabonis thing, which clearly he helped them acquire Sabonis, and then to have Samaj just a few months later. Yeah. I have no information either way <laughs> on that. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, you can you can connect the dot however you want. I mean, you can also like connect the Thunder to Aaron Mintz, too. Right. You know, yeah, with Paul George. Who is, who is CAA. 
you know, they had Paul George is like their biggest client. Reggie Jackson is a client of, of Aaron's. Uh, Mello, Trevor Ariza, you know, all those guys are Aaron Mintz. And, you know, and they've had to, I mean, <laughs> with all those guys I named, had to like really work with Aaron to get deals done and to make sure that the client and the team were still happy, you know? Right. Obviously, and, like and Paul George number one on that list, but I mean, you look at the way they had to ha- handle Mello and the way they had to handle Ariza, yeah. you know? And it seems like the the big picture thing is it's not necessarily that because you have these relationships, all of the players represented by some agent are going to be funneled towards OKC. There, yeah. There is an element of that with individual guys, but it seems to be more about the information gathering. Like you're establishing these relationships with agents who represent players who are with teams across the league who are getting yeah. information. You are also getting information. And there's this, you know, secret, I forget what he he called it, but there's this secret information like channels that are going on all the time between teams and certain agents. And that's, yeah. you know, going back to the Sixers, depending on what they decide to do with Ben Simmons, there is the possibility, and maybe they've already done it, you piss off clutch to such a point that it makes it very hard to deal with clutch represented players in the future, which would probably be a big deal because clutch is becoming more and more important in the league every single year. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and actually OKC has had relatively good relations with clutch as well. Thinking about like Terrence Ferguson and um, Nerlens Noel back in the day, although he might've been gone from clutch by that point. Um, I know there's Baisley. Baisley's a clutch client. Yeah. Baisley. Yeah. Um, Ethan also said that the OKC is, quote, reputed to pay contractors to feed them information, which he described as little birdies, having little <laughs> birdies all around the league, which I thought was cool. And then yeah. the example he gave of like how this information could all pay off was mm-hmm. the Clippers trade, the deal with Paul George going to the Clippers in exchange for everything. He yeah. suggested that perhaps OKC knew more about that situation than the Clippers would have liked for them to know. Perhaps OKC knew that they needed Paul George in order to get Kawhi, and that's why that trade represent or ended up so lopsided in the view of so yeah. many, which yeah. was interesting. The Clippers still could have said no, <laughs> you know, like you right. keep. I mean, honestly, there's probably many negotiations that go like this with the Thunder, where it's just like, hey, you better meet our demands. You have until this time to make the trade, you know. You either are going to do it or you're not. And for the Thunder, I mean, they had to have known, like, this is the end. Like, this is it. And so we're going to ask for everything because yeah. we know where this is going. Like we, we have a good feeling on where this is going after, after Paul is traded. So you have to give us everything. And, you know, I think... I don't know. The Clippers the Clippers got the star, you know. They got what what you want out of it and they had to give up a lot. They had to give up a whole lot. I don't know. The more I think about it, like the more I just think like this is not necessarily like like this specific thing. I think that the Thunder probably have these like tentacles throughout lots of different agents in lots of different situations. Like I don't think it's just like one one scenario where it's like this is the only way the Thunder funnel their business because it's clearly not. Right. Um, so I think this is just Ethan like seeing like a slice of the of the pie that's a, that he found available to him. But clearly, um, he's writing this 
because he even admits like he's one of the few media members that doesn't have a relationship with Presti. So he's yeah. clearly writing this because what they're doing seems exceptional or even more so than what other teams are doing. Without a doubt. I mean, especially with the the way that like the Warriors interact with people and specifically media. I yeah. mean, it's a, it is the openness that exists between the Warriors and the media is a night and day compared to OKC. I'll say that. It's just, I mean, and you hear about it. I mean, you can, the freaking owner of the team is out there telling people <laughs> the moves that they want to make. Right. Yeah. You know? And, you know, like Slater got that, that story about their draft picks from him, you know, after the draft where, I mean, Slater basically just went up and started talking to him and he just started just saying all this stuff about the guys they got. And he's like, well, you want to go on the record? And he's like, yes, let's go on the record. And then Slater got a story. I mean, that stuff just doesn't happen here. Right. It just doesn't happen here. And, and part of it is like they're in freaking San Francisco. Guys want to be there. Guys want to live there. Guys feel, guys like it there. Oklahoma City still has to gain every single competitive advantage possible. And you can't just, you you have just different restrictions and different ways that you have to operate in order to gain those advantages. And like, I, to me, it, like, I applaud the Thunder for doing that because. It is it is really difficult. I mean, we see the struggles of the Minnesota Timberwolves, another small market, who doesn't seem to be taking advantage of anything except for getting lucky in the lottery. And, and they're also you know? another team that seems very leaky, where it seems like they communicate all of their future plans ahead of time. I mean, we knew about the Delo thing like for a while. Yes, yes. And you think about the, some of the big stuff that's happened. I mean. We didn't really know that the the Russ for Chris Paul thing was going to happen. You know, we were talking about lots right. of other stuff. That's that's why um, it would be so interesting if OKC eventually one of these years lands the number one pick, because yeah. every other team you know by draft day who they're taking, other yeah. than like the Anthony Bennett year. It'd be very yeah. interesting to see how OKC would play that. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. That, I'm yeah. sure that it, it would be very similar to what. Detroit did this past season, Troy Weaver, mm-hmm. where you it's like you all the f- way up to it. You're like, I'm pretty sure they're going to take Cade. <laughs> yeah, they but better take Cade, but maybe they won't. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think, yeah, I agree. I think it will be, I think we'll be pretty sure what will happen. And also like, I wouldn't be surprised to see them do what Boston did either, where it's like, okay, like everybody likes this guy at number one. We like this guy at three. Mm-hmm. We're going to trade back, you know, yeah. and we're going to get an additional asset or whatever. But I don't know. I just, I read it. I thought it was really good. Um, Ethan's doing really, he's, he's done really great stuff so far with his sub stack. Did um, you, uh, so I, I know you already listened to it, the interview with Jonathan Charks. Yeah, that's great. I, that I great. I'm going to listen to that today. Charks obviously diagnosed with stage four cancer and, Apparently, it's a very good conversation of just about life in general. Yeah, just a um, just a lot of wisdom in in the conversation. Just stuff that you don't ever hear discussed on a like pseudo NBA show. Yeah, so, I I've always was, really respected cool. Charks because I personally am not yeah. super religious, but he is someone who 
in this, like, especially in like a national media setting, he's always mm-hmm. never been afraid to discuss his religion and his faith. Mm-hmm. And I've just always respected that, like as an outsider, because I'm sure that there's a lot of pressures to not do that for him, especially when you're at some place like the ringer, like a, a really big national place. And he oh. continually would do it and bring it up in articles or bring it up in conversations on podcast. And so, you know, even though I'm not personally that religious, I, I was just always respected him for that. And so uh, I'm excited to listen to that. Um, Oh, a few more details. Ethan did drop some nuggets about KD's exit. We're not done with KD yet. We're still (laughs) learning little things. One of which was that Daryl Morey, who Ethan interviewed, not for this article, but previously, Morey told him that he felt like he knew KD was gone in May when he was at Mm -hmm. the draft combine based Mm -hmm. on information he was getting from around the league. And then Ethan mentioned that Warriors players knew months before, which is very interesting. And and he kind of ties that in by saying that like, there's so much information in an NBA locker room because these players know so much more about things than anyone else. And in fact, one of the people that Maury got this information from was James Harden, who of course knows Kevin Durant. And so if you can have people in a locker room whether it's like an assistant coach who happens to be represented by Wasserman, who you have a relationship with. Like that's how this information can flow from players who know a lot more of stuff up to an assistant coach, up to an agent over to another team. And I just thought that was really interesting. That kind of like spider web of connections and how this information gets shared and discussed. Cause from the fans perspective, it's like, well, it's Woj and Shams. Basically, we're just waiting for them to tell us something that happens. Mm-hmm. There's a few mm-hmm. other people we trust with rumors, but they all, they just like throw out rumors and then they kind of evaporate into the air yeah. and we never hear about them again. Whereas for the teams, they're like building a catalog of information that they're oh, being man. that they're hearing throughout the league. It must be so cool. I mean, they must have like I'm just assuming they keep all this information in one place so they can keep it all straight. And wouldn't you love to get your hands on it, Andrew? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and I get a lot of like second, third hand info from people about stuff. And it's a lot of it's not true, <laughs> you know, right? a lot of stuff that gets passed around just flat out not true or flat out doesn't happen or, you know, or, or is a discussion or a thought or whatever it is. Like there's just so the, I think the hardest part in all of this is like what info is actually real, like what's actually out there. That is real, um, which makes like the info gathering portion like really difficult, you know, because I'm sure like the Thunder have gathered info that just wasn't true. You know, yeah. like, some agents are not going to be straight up with you about their client or what situation is what. And, you know, someday maybe we'll find out some of that stuff. But, you know, until then, you know, it's we just don't know. It's. And that's why it's important to have like those genuine relationships with these guys, because then you feel like they can be straight up with you. And so it's uh, it, it's an interesting. There's just so many more layers than you would think to all of this stuff. That it's oh, yeah. even with the even with the draft. Like the draft is not just here's the pool of players, take whoever you want. Like that's yeah. not how it, that is not how it works. You it can work like that to a degree. But there's still like relationships and this team, 
you know, got this guy to not work out for those guys. And this agent hates these, you know, five teams and they will not work out for those teams. And in fact, they won't even send the medicals to those teams. Yeah. And like, and it's all just like you said, like there's like this spider web of information. It's all just entangled and you just don't really know. You just don't really know what's going on or what's happening because it's not just, man, I wish OKC would have taken so-and-so or done this or done that. And it's, it's just a mess. Like it's just, it's, it's really difficult. So, and, and it's a good um, reminder of like how little we actually get to know, how little fans get oh, to know, bro. like how, I mean, you mentioned that you get like second and third hand information. Obviously, as you go higher up on the food chain, people are getting more and more information and what's trickling down is like slowly being filtered. Like, yeah. what do we feel comfortable for the person below us to know? And then it, and then it goes to you and then you, you feel comfortable or not saying something on the podcast or, right. or, and, and it works like that across the league. So the fans end up hearing stuff. That's probably a lot of it is outdated or it's like stuff that somebody wants us to know for a very specific yes. reason. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's either like directed like, Hey, this is, this is good info or it's like, Hey, I know this, but you can't say this, you know? Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like how a lot of things get, you know, to me through like my colleagues you know, it's, it's interesting. Al, I got to go. I'm about to do, <laughs> if you're listening here live, um, I'm going to do a, uh, a Bucks live room on the athletic app. So we are, we have started what? to do live rooms on Bucks. the athletic app. It's yeah. I'll be hosting uh, with uh, Eric name, Milwaukee Bucks beat mm. writer, um, talking some preseason Bucks things. So if you want to listen to that, hop on the athletic app. It should pop right up for you um, once you log into the app. So you can come join us there if you would like. Um, all right. Hope you guys hey, are doing great. Happy oh, birthday up? to Penny Skillern. Watching. Ooh, Angelo. Watching today. Yes. Let's, uh, let's go to the stream before we go. Uh, Zach Prince says that he's back. Welcome back, Zach Prince. We got Ben underscore. We have Hoopstock69, Miguel Devella, The Tall Shot OKC, Travis Cagle, WKM14. Who else? Jason Harding is here. Tommaso Ferro is here. Uh, Thunderball is with us. Mad Rain03. Dennis Williamson is here. Let's see who else. Jay is here. James Anderson is here. Thank you so much for joining. Um, uh, let's see. Park Parker is here. <laughs> Wes Gregg is here. Oh my gosh, help me. Help me out. Tyler Field is here. <laughs> he, he spells it weird. Just leave me alone for a minute. Logan is here. Alex Bullerjack is here. What's up, dude? And Penny! Happy birthday! Wow, what a great day! Oh, Brandon Land is here. Our our, uh, our guy who's designed some of our shirts is here too. He oh, says by the hats way. dropping today. Oh, we got some hats dropping today. Uh, go to downtodunk.com and you can get our merch there. Just go to straight up downtodunk.com and you can see our shirts. We've got a giddy up shirt. We have our down to dunk. You can get a, a hoodie. You can get a long sleeve tee. You can get a uh, tank top and get whatever you want there at downtodunk.com ships worldwide uh, I can't guarantee the shipping won't be outrageous if you live in New Zealand but I can tell you you can get it you can absolutely get it so please 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 go get the shirts at downtodunk.com 
www.thinkingmanlife.com. And we will talk to you guys again on Friday.